0: Hey, we're back at Fantasy Football Frequency with another great episode for you. We have the three-man roundtable with Anthony Skateri at FF Scoots and Stephen Greathouse at Greathouse55. We're actually going to talk about the Dynasty League that we're in together, and you can kind of just see our team preferences of how we kind of run things, how we pick our players and how we operate. We're going to talk about our teams as well as some of our other owners in the league and you can just kind of give our opinions what we think, who's going to progress, who's going to regress, and who's just going to maybe possibly be the last two teams in the playoffs. And we'll just go from there.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Football Frequency. Got myself, Anthony Skateri, on Twitter, at FFScoots. And then you got Colin Bellu at CBellu Steven Greathouse at Greathouse55. Slowly but surely, we're getting all of our info out there. Best way to get, get a hold of any of us on any device, any podcast network, anything like that. Google us, look for us on uh, Fancy Football Frequency or FF underscore Frequency. That's the best way to get us. We're going to be coming at you with YouTube, all fresh, all new, doing this for the first season. So we need your help too as viewers and listeners. Today's going to be a fun one because we're going to be mostly talking about the league that the three of us are in. We use it on the Sleeper app. feels to us the purest app for doing fantasy football. We were just talking before this that you can even do multiple team trades, which is crazy to us. It's easy to uh, set up new leagues, set up redrafts from previous season. It's been great. This is going to be the one where it's our dynasty that... How many years are we going in now, guys?
0: I think this would be... Whatever year uh, CMC and uh, Leonard Fournette came
1: in the league, that was our rookie draft. So this would be – I think that's year four then, right?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: We've had so far no repeats, no dynasties yet. I'm hoping to change that because I won last year. The year before that was, if you see through YouTube for us, I'm highlighting a team called Vikings 37. That's the guy that won the year before. The year prior to that, our inaugural season was won by Dan, which if you see on his team, he hasn't even set it up. The bum isn't even ready for the season to start yet. But he had a pretty rough year. Last year, he missed the playoffs. He's hoping to bounce back. But that's been kind of the fun of our league is a lot of teams shifting. There's been a decent amount each year that if they make the playoffs, don't make it, and guys that don't make the playoffs make it the next year, which has been pretty cool of the three of us, the only one that hasn't made the playoffs every year, number three of the these amigos here, which is Steven Greathouse. He doesn't have too great a luck. Kinda of shoots himself in the foot a few times. What do you think, man?
2: I've dealt with a lot of injuries for sure. I mean and bad self-inflicted. I mean I've had some some good trades and then I've had some that have just hurt me really bad for years. Like you know I traded for A.J. Green, haven't used him in two years. I have Jerick McKinnon I traded for, haven't used him once, you know, in two years. So it's, it's really put a damper on things. But uh, like It's I pretty said, rough a, when you're
1: hoping to be using those two guys as building blocks for the future.
2: Absolutely. I was like, well, at least A.J. Green, he's a little older, but I'll get four good years out of him.
1: You're the, you're
0: the king of draft picks, though. You got to make, uh, make good in those draft picks.
2: I do yeah i like I like getting draft picks and trades, so I had thought seven in the first like 15 picks in this year's rookie draft or something crazy. I got three first rounders next year, so yeah. where's the first right here, my friends.
1: you going to change your name to that? Nope. <laughs> Not ready for that, huh? Not yet. All right, well, for this league, it's a half point PPR, one QB. Two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex spot, which can be any wide receiver, running back, or tight end. It's not a super flex. And then we go a single defense. For any of those that will be viewing this through YouTube, our bench is enormous, somewhere between 24 and 28 players. So we wanted to have this league, when we have really set it up those years ago, where there would be no one winning off the waiver's. And we're still able to. That's how deep the NFL is. And then just also how bummy some teams really run theirs. But the great thing for Sleeper, if you do a Dynasty League, is when we first started off, we were using other apps. And they didn't have IR spots. They didn't have Taxi Squad. Or if they did, you had to pay for it. Sleeper makes all that free. It's great. Especially on a year like this, Sleeper opened up all the potential settings you could for COVID and what you need to do for anything. Even in the redraft that I'm going to be running with family and friends, that's free. We just do it out of fun. We don't have big teams, but I still put IR on that because I didn't want someone to draft Christian McCaffrey first, and all of a sudden they're looking to have to drop him because he's on COVID. That's terrible. So those guys, yeah, put him on IR or anything like that if something, God forbid, happens to him. So some of the fun for this league is we've really – expanded it out, and everyone is able to have as big of a team and as much involvement as they want. For most part, there's, I'd say, six or seven of us that watch this year-round. I don't know. CB, you think I'm being a little uh, little optimistic with that number?
0: Uh, as far as year-round, I, I know I'm on that boat. There's a few of us in here. I know you, I think GH, I think I could probably hit him up for a trade, and he'll kind of have an idea what's going on throughout the year. I think he watches, keeps up with it. So you guys are like, they're, they're just, once like the Super Bowl's over with, like they don't care anymore. So it's kind of you your asking pretty much, but I think yes, that's a decent number to start with as far as uh, guessing.
1: Yeah. I, if you're going to go into a dynasty, you, no matter what, you want to go into it, hoping everyone's going to pay attention to it year round because it's dynasty. That's part of the fun as you have that off season, the rookies coming in, you get to do a rookie draft or, if it's a keeper league, you get to really pay attention on, okay, who's my select guys that I'm going to keep. But it's unrealistic to think everyone's going to watch every single day, constantly checking the waivers, ch- constantly checking the little uh, tape going across the bottom at ESPN. So for us, the fact that we have, I, in my opinion, over half of us that hardcore pay attention year round, that's pretty good. And even the guys that don't where like I'm making fun of uh, Dan came in last last year. I think he came in last. Oh no, no he, that, was that was you. That's right. That's right. See, I, yeah. I didn't have the info up, but yeah, like he came in, I want to say 10th out of 12 people. He won it two years before. And when we're going through looking at the teams, he's someone that when we get into the different segments, I could, I could absolutely see jumping up into the playoffs. Cause he honestly has a good team. He has better team than I'd say at least four or five people. And we've seen other guys make the playoffs with worse teams. You just like Billy said, it's all about luck. But we're going to get in. We're going to talk about a nosedive team who we think is going to do worse than last year, a team that we think will do better. Spoiler alert, mine will probably be Dan. And then we'll get into uh, the playoffs or who we think will win this whole thing overall. I'll let you guys take it away on uh, who you think will be one of your, one of your underperformers of the season.
0: Uh, I've been saying it for a while, and I, kind of since last year. He kind of took a slight step back last year. I'm going with Chris, Vikings 3-7. Uh, this team's still solid. So I don't think he's going to be terrible, terrible as far as the, what's on paper. But I just – I don't know. He, he, he has Todd Gurley, which I'm not big on. I, just, I, I can't trust arthritis knees, as you all know. I'm not big on him. The rest of this team still even, you know, pretty good. He's never really had that killer tight end. He just has Kyle Rudolph, who just kind of brings his little kind of points every now and then, not someone I really go crazy about. Uh quarterbacks uh let's see, you got Baker Mayfield. I've been trying to get him off him for a while, but I kind of just quit. Kirk Kirk Cousins. Uh he was kind of up and down last year for what I remember, but I mean you can usually expect good things out of him. I guess I guess he just has he has a solid team, but I don't think he's as dominant as it was like a year or two ago.
1: He has nobody on the taxi squad.
2: That's a big reason for my my pick too we'll get to that you know when you guys are done talking about him but
0: yeah he's not he's not taking full advantage of his roster I don't think I mean like maybe he's a busy guy I don't know him personally
1: he as well he's not a strong believer in his team he came in he came in the runner-up spot last year he played he and I played against each other in the championship last year but with these three guys as his main three Christian McCaffrey Godwin Galladay those being like his top three guys overall on his team, he has a chance every week in my mind. And with Thielen as his wide receiver three, depending on how you want to rank him versus Galladay, that's a scary top three for wide receivers because Thielen's going to get so many targets for the season. It completely rests on the ability for Gurley to last all season for him and Chris Carson to be a viable flex for him.
0: I agree. I agree. Because he used yeah, to be like well. the, the team of the well. league, just like, oh, I got I to gotta play this guy this week. He just, he doesn't have that fear that he used to have or whatever. He's still yep. solid, like I said, but I just don't see him just every week, like, just dominating someone. I think it looks more – he's a good team, more so average to good instead of just great.
1: When we were playing in the championship last year, he even said, he's like, I hope I can win this year, man, because he's like, I think my team's just going to take a nosedive from here because of – Kind of, most of the highlights you even hit for a long time julian Edelman was one of his top performers and he talked about julian Edelman like he was some bum last year but Edmund was still a solid wide receiver too for him and should be the exact same so he has really really solid top four wide receivers for this season and that's not even accounting for the week to week blow up of someone like demarcus robinson where every week some random receiver for Kansas city gets a hundred yards and a touchdown. there's going to be someone. So if he just plays him on the right week, he's got a, he's got a viable starter. Peyton Barber is one of my sleepers, especially after the Washington football team dropped AP for just being, at least being a goal line back. Antonio Gibson is great. He's extremely talented and very athletic, but he does not have the build to be an every down running back and he's never carried, what was that, more than five times in a game? Yeah, he had like
2: what, 33 carries in his college career. Cool.
1: So it's one of those things that I'll, I'll kind of believe it when I see it.
2: He's got like solid
0: players. Like Carlos had to say he's doing good in camp, but I don't think he's going to be the number one guy throughout the year close to that. Carson's just got to do that, and who knows what else the uh, Seahawks do. They full of surprises, so –
2: I do like, uh, if you scroll down on his team a little bit, uh, Golden Tate. I think Golden Tate's going to be underrated this year. Think of bounce back? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, somebody's got to catch the ball there in uh, in New York. So, I think Golden Tate, with his yards after catch, I think he's going to get a lot of targets thrown his way this year. He's very undervalued, especially just yeah. being get him so late in your ass. I'm a fan of Paris really Campbell, time.
1: too. If Sorry. he takes CB.
0: those uh those concussions or whatever he had, uh I definitely like Paris Campbell as well. He just all around, like type wide receiver. You get the ball in his hands, he'll make something happen.
2: Sure.
1: Who do you think's gonna take a step back this year, GH?
2: I'm going with Mikey T, man. He's got uh yeah. no graphics and no bench. I mean, it is I don't know where he finished last year, but he is his team's rough. I'm looking, – got Jordan Howard as a starting running back, you got David Montgomery. Might not start the beginning of the year, right? He's going to be out for a couple weeks probably to start the year. His receivers are pretty good until you get to his third one, which is Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz. Yeah, good tight end. Henry Ruggs, that's your starter. But then after that, man, it's it's bad. It is bad. And he's usually pretty solid when it comes to, you know, keeping up with his team and making trades and stuff like that. So I don't know where he went wrong. But uh, he's got no nobody on the taxi squad, no bench, and if he gets one or two injuries, like it's, it's over. You might as well just not even set your lineup for the rest of the year.
1: I think it's going to be between him and my pick for the step back over the bottom, bottom two for this year, over who's going to end up being first pick, who's going to be second pick in our rookie draft. CB and I have talked about it as well with Mikey T's team that – you're right. I mean, in the other league I play with you, Great House, Mike T, he kills it. He Every league I've ever played with him, he's very solid at fantasy football. Redrafts, he's usually top three every year. In the other dynasty I'm in with you and him, he's a top three, top four team. And uh, when I was talking with him over the off season, I was making fun of him. And he had me cracking up because he, he admitted it flat out. He said, yeah, Antonio Brown, he really – Suffered hard on that one because he thought the whole time he was like he's gonna come back he'll be fine, and he was yep, feeling man. good when Antonio Brown played that game for the Patriots last year and had those 50 yards in the touchdown. He was like, all right, I got my team again. This is I got him with Allen Robinson and Julio as my top three wide receivers. I can work through this. Devonte Freeman was originally his other starting running back, and he drafted David Montgomery high last year. He was like, all right go with my two running backs I just got to make it through the season he told me and he was feeling good Deshaun Jackson went down last year in what week two never never really came back never was the same Montgomery was constantly going through issues until the last couple weeks of the season where he finally was being fed the way he needed to Jordan Howard was up and down he had some good games but once Miles Sanders took over for Philly he was done and that was another running back that went out and by that point Devontae Freeman was done for Atlanta. And as we can see right next to Devontae Freeman, he still has not signed with anyone. He had been hoping all offseason that Freeman would sign with someone so that he would have another viable running back. And it has not worked out.
2: Which I figured he would, too, at this point. Somebody's, you know, throw a couple million dollars at the guy (laughs) and get him on your bench. I mean, it's not going to hurt anything.
1: I'm betting he was hoping for – Freeman to end up with Tampa because it would have been a good situation but once McCoy went down there (laughs) there was no chance they were both going to go there yeah it seemed like for his team like y'all y'all said he's better at redraft leagues than
0: the dynasty leagues and that's kind of what this looks like his team look like he's built for short, short term he sold a lot of uh draft capital and players for some of his big name players and his starters and his bench is just like it's uh, I mean, I know, I'm pretty sure he doesn't pay attention all the time. I'm sure he got rid of some of these guys by now. But, yeah, his bench is just uh, – I don't know. It's kind of – I don't know. It hurts my eyes a little bit. But anyway, the rest of this team's pretty good as far as a starter. He's a chance of start starter. But once it, the season gets going on and, like, guys get, start getting hurt and you have to start stuffing guys in and out, it, it could definitely hurt him really
1: bad. I'm, I'm glad I got him week one. I'll be shocked if he listens to this. But if he does – I can't wait to oh, hear he his reaction to us talking about his team because he's gonna. I mean,
0: he he's the king of good luck, so his team could still uh, definitely be good. He's his team, he could do whatever, and his team can be amazing. He's the yeah, he's, he's the guy that's like pulling out of
2: his butt every year, some way somehow. He seems to you know always be close to the playoffs and. Uh, yeah, he was what he, he was a
1: game out last year. Actually, I can't remember if it was Spencer or uh, my pick for the underperformer Jonathan Scott. I can't remember if they made the sixth uh, seed of our playoffs, but Mike T was like a half a game or one and a half games behind. Uh, Going into week 10 and week 11, he was working hard trying to find anything just to fill his team to get some points because he was almost there. He really did almost make the playoffs last year. I forgot about that actually. But, yeah, my pick for the underperformer, is the man I can never work a trade out with, which is Jay Scott. And he has, obviously, the man in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, outside of CB, having Lamar Jackson, he has easily the top quarterback in the league. So every week, he's got a shot because of Patrick Mahomes. It kills me. But every week, he's got a shot because Mahomes can carry him with a 40 to 50-point blow-up. I mean, that's not out of the question. But the rookie draft really hurt Jay Scott. It hurt him bad because his two starters on paper right now, at least going into seven days from the beginning of the season, he's looking at Marlon Mack and carry on Johnson, which we all know Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift got picked. And that's a recipe for disaster. He, uh, on his bench, he has Mike Williams where they just announced is going to miss the first uh, month of the season, and I'm sure he was counting on him big time. He has Andy Isabella, who hasn't worked out too well for him. Robbie Anderson, so, that I don't think fits with that Carolina team. Man, I'm I'm not a fan of his team outside of Kittle and outside of Mahomes.
2: You know where he got most of those players from? Oh, I know. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I forgot that I made all those trades with him. I traded him Marlon Mack. I gave him on Johnson, Mike Williams. I gave him
1: so Josh anyway. Gordon,
2: I think, at yep. some point. There it is uh, on, his,
1: on his injured reserve. He works his team constantly, too.
2: He does. We've made, I, we've made quite a few trades over the past couple of years. And, uh, yeah, they usually don't work out for his favor. I don't know why. <laughs> usually... <laughs> The opposite. I'm usually the one that's getting screwed, but for some reason, our trades always seem to work out in my favor, and it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, he he appears to have over invested in those running backs. I forgot what, exactly what he gave you, but I think he gave you a lot like some yeah. elite receivers or potential elite receivers. And the the actual real life NFL draft just killed him with his two running backs. Darius Geis killed him as well. He's begging he yeah. him to really kind of break out this year, and that's it like it's going to happen, obviously. I forgot about uh, that, yeah. Mahomes and Kittle is like his own two guys. He's, he's holding out hope that Hayden Hurst busts out too, and he could be a good guy. I don't know if he'll be able to carry his team. Um,
1: Can I just say something too? This is the biggest part that always annoys me. He didn't even draft Kittle. He didn't even pick up Kittle. It's your fault. Yeah. I'm <laughs> the reason he has Kittle. He <laughs> drafted Ricky Seals Jones when we were originally on a different app. And when I went looking for Ricky Seals Jones, he wasn't even in that website's uh, available players. So I said, All right, who's another rookie tight end that no one has on their radar? And I oh, just, no, you did not. yes.
2: Oh, oh, I had no idea.
1: And I just read this article. I just watched, like, I was trying out for a job over at Pro Football Focus and I saw Kittle and I was like, Man, Kittle's crazy good. This will be a way. I was doing it as a way that I could keep an eye on him. Because I was like, all right, I'll forget this name. Let me put George Kittle on his team. He probably doesn't know who Kittle is. Let me, let me do this and he'll drop him and then I'll pick him up. And they never dropped him. That killed me.
0: He broke up pretty fast for a tight end. The tight ends usually take some time to Kittle. Yeah. He came out and just like, after a few games, he started kind of rolling
1: with it. I had Njoku and OJ Howard. So I was like, I can't keep investing in young tight ends. And I thought he would take a while. It didn't work. It didn't work. Oh, that—that's the biggest thing that always bothers me. And I know if he was here, or if he was—if he does listen to us, he's gonna laugh because I don't care how much snack he talks. I know in his heart he didn't pick him up, so that's not even his player.
0: <laughs> he's got some quality young players, but they're kind of kind of iffy as uh, whether they'll be, you know, the guy down the road or whatnot.
1: I like Preston Williams. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the two tight ends, putting a tight end in your uh, flex, but it can work. I mean, you were proof of that last year, CB, that it can work.
0: I, I don't know I expect year. tight ends. I keep tight ends on day.
1: I mean, if you get them enough with those targets per year, it, it or even just per week, it adds up. So, I mean, it's not bad at all. I, I'm adamant about putting a running back in there. If you can have a quality RB2 or – as my team shows, a, a low-end RB one, but if you can't have that, getting those targets with a tight end is pretty quality because they're such big targets they'll they'll end up with a touchdown every couple weeks.
0: hmm Definitely, you can just avoid a guy getting
2: zero points sometimes. It did help. Yep. I do like Darius Slayton on his team.
1: Yeah, that I forgot about Slayton. That's a good. That's a good little bit.
0: I like Steven Sims Jr. for the Redskins. I'm not even really a Redskins guy, but. He is getting some decent looks towards the end of last year, so he could be a, maybe a sleeper pick, possibly. Who's
2: mm-hmm. his is, uh, taxi squad? Because I know he's—I have his first-round pick next year.
1: He traded. He had Darren Waller, oh, and he boy, traded yeah. Waller for what ended up being the Brandon Ayuk pick and
0: okay. Hayden Hurst. That was a good pick to me. I think was a really good pick. Our trade, I mean, into yeah. the pick.
2: Yeah, so I traded him Waller last year. I don't. It was a, it was a package deal. I don't remember what it was, but so then he traded Waller for uh, Hurst and Ayuk, basically. Yep.
1: That was the main bit for that trade. Yeah,
2: I would have done that for sure.
1: Yeah, he he didn't have any picks this year, and he got back in the draft for Ayuk, and Ayuk uh, has a pretty good ceiling
2: what he could possibly do down the
0: line.
1: Yeah, no, uh, he's, he's a quality GM. He knows what he's doing. He just he goes heavy into certain guys. He, his over-investing kind of
0: killed him with the running backs. Those guys were good. He got the running backs at the time when he got them. But I didn't see them being like elite, you know, killer guys for the next couple of years. They same. just had injury issues that I didn't really like.
1: Same, same. You, yeah, you and I talking back and forth all the time. You've always told me that about carry on. I'm not a giant Auburn fan, so I haven't seen too many Auburn games. I just saw, obviously, highlights, read about them. I knew he was highly talented and had unlimited potential. And you're one of those guys that if I ever have a question about a college player, I hit you up CB. And one of the first things you told me was, you got to be careful with that injury prone. He, his knees, go down he has down easy. Those knees. I've never seen
0: a dude so many times, just like in the middle of a game or middle of like running, go in touch and fall on the ground, holding his knee. <laughs> but get back up, get, back, get, back, get to the sideline. He'll be okay, and he'll get back in the game. That's cool he came back, but it's like it was a red flag. Why does this happen often that that much
2: or whatever?
1: Yeah. That's how I feel about Matt Breida. Matt Breida looks like he blows out his patella tendon every week.
2: Oh, please stay healthy this year, Matt. Please.
1: (laughs) That is a tough player to hold your breath on, man. I think
2: you you called Matt Breida a
0: little Wolverine. He always comes back like Wolverine no matter what happens to
1: him. Yeah, I don't understand it. He looks like he has a career-ending injury at least once a game. And then a quarter later, he's out there breaking off another thirty-yard run.
0: I think Brady could get hit by a car and like be down for like ten seconds and get back up and get back in the huddle real quick. Yeah,
1: they'll take him into the the trainer's tent, and then all of a sudden he comes running back out, grabbing his helmet. <laughs> if you guys had the tire prints off, yeah. <laughs> if you guys had to pick someone making the leap this year, Great House. I know you're saying worst to first. Let me hear somebody else.
2: Oh, uh, you guys go ahead. Let me uh, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> you were fully
1: uh, prepped to go just you. My,
2: yeah, I'm going all in on myself. kidding me? So to speak. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna go, uh, uh, I need to look it up here real quick.
1: I'm going to go with uh,
0: my boy Staple Cut. He usually doesn't make too much noise. But I'm going to go with Staple pick. Cut just to give him a little spotlight real quick. No, he's got a quality team. He Yeah, he, he doesn't really – it's not like a killer team, but he doesn't have that many holes that I see. I, I like his team. Uh, if everyone kind of hits their potential, he has quality team to, you know, at least win for a week, or at least be in the, uh, the conversation for winning and maybe playoffs possibly. And uh, he Can I he's, just point he's, out? He doesn't really have confidence in his team ever, no matter what. He could have, like, the best player at every position. He'd be like, ah, I'm not going to do it this year. Something's going to happen, I don't believe myself or something like that. He's a pretty funny guy about it. But I think his team's pretty solid for the most part. Uh, he has a few guys on the bench that he could possibly use as well as far as uh, running back depth, too.
1: He is someone 100% I could see listening to this while he's at work one day. And when he hears you call his name out, it will make his day. He's going to stand up just pumping that fist like, Woo, here we go, baby. Beginning think, of a good year. Could take leave from work based off just that comment. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, though. I like his team. Uh, I've done a lot of trades with him. Stapleton is someone that I can work with on trades because we have a few guys in our league – that I don't I don't get it. We all know each other. We've all known talked for years on end. But you just have a couple guys that when you offer trades, they give no answer, they leave you out to dry, or they will just flat out tell you no because we're not in person and they don't want to give a reason. Stapleton or Staplecut as his team is called, he'll actually go back and forth with you giving his thoughts behind it and that's I've that's what makes fantasy football fun is going back and forth, talking about what you can do to work out a trade. And he and I have always had those back and forth talks. He has Austin Eckler because of me. I traded him for number two pick in the draft. I put something else with it, but that was the main focus of that trade is I wanted to uh, drop one of my running backs. I have, cause I have a ton of running backs that I said, which one of my RB ones would you want? And Eckler is a quality back. I mean, he's the guy in, in uh, LA and with Tyrod being the guy, he's going to get qu- plenty of targets. So uh, I just wanted to have someone for the future. And that's why I went with Jonathan Taylor from that. And then I've traded him Amari Cooper. I've traded him Curtis Samuel. I filled you know, that I, boys team up. Uh,
2: yeah. At the time when you did the, uh, the Eckler trade, I thought, is that kid crazy? He is absolutely nuts. Well, I mean, you're really going to give up Jonathan Taylor for Austin Eckler. I thought – I didn't think he would have the major That was the role. consensus. Yeah, I thought he, his his production would, would go way down this year. And for him to, to just give up Jonathan Taylor – I mean, I had the first pick, so it wasn't a big secret I was taking CEH, you know, at number one. So, yeah, you know, to give up that for Jonathan Taylor, I mean, that's, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But it actually might end up working
1: out for him. I love a couple of his younger wide receivers, with Brian Edwards and Jacoby Myers. The more the Patriots keep making moves, the more it screams Jacoby Myers being their their big slot guy for the year. I can't remember. What was that? They dropped Sanu. Is that who they cut recently? Yeah,
0: Sanu's yeah. cut. I think it's between uh, Jaco- Jacoby Myers and uh, I can't say his name, Gunnar Oz. They've been raving about him a lot. They so like him a lot too, yeah. Patriots are good, find, good for finding like, not known guys and making them known. so Yep. Yeah, they love it.
1: With all the injuries in the wide receiver room for the 49ers, I went searching for Kendrick Bourne a couple days ago, thinking that he'd have a quality start to the season. Was shocked to see him on Stapleton's team. <laughs> he got, I, I think he got him last year at some point just <laughs> trying to scrape someone up and he just never dropping. I couldn't believe it. I was
0: like, what's he, what's he doing with this? A lot of these guys i put on his team in trades like the past couple years because they've been having good camps, but they always get hurt. Like Routy's Chad one of them. was killing it. He got hurt last year. Trent Taylor, same thing. Yep. Jameson Crowder, he actually kind of – he got a lot of receptions last year. So uh, that, that was a pretty good pickup. Um,
1: Man, Stapleton uh, does a lot of trades.
2: He does. I'm just yeah, realizing. I'm like him. all
1: of us have – I've done so many trades with him.
2: I don't think I've ever done a trade with him, to be honest.
1: Really? I thought you had too. We got to change that. Yeah, I will change that. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm pulling up my guy that I alluded to early on as the, uh, the riser of our league that I think will come back from, from the basement and uh, it's Dan. He hasn't checked out his team, but I know once the season starts, he locks in and he takes care of his team. The top two guys that, I don't get why he put them in and then he didn't put the rest of his team in the starting lineup, but those are the, like, two of the big reasons Watson as his QB could finish as the top QB easily for the season. Connor, you and I, you guys and I have talked that as long as he's healthy, he pretty much finishes as an RB one somewhere within the top 10, top 11 are running backs every week. So to have him, I think that's great. he, doesn't carry any value in drafts or trades lately, but he, he still produces. He made a trade with his brother this offseason and got uh, David Johnson. All of us have been in agreement all offseason that David Johnson, is he might not perform the way he did back in, what was that, 2016, 2017, but he's still quality, and the Texans are going to make sure they get him the ball when they traded uh, traded for him instead of just waiting to get Leonard Fournette on waivers, and keeping DeAndre Hopkins, but that's it for another talk another day. Kareem Hunt I think is a quality guy to have on your bench because if anything happens to Chubb, Kareem Hunt has shown he can be an RB one by leading the league in rushing just a few years ago. He's only in his fourth year. Latavius Murray is quality to have on the on the bench by being able to be a Running back vulture for the Saints. Le'Veon Bell, I'm not a huge fan of. But even last year, he was a high end RB2. And that's all you need sometimes in leagues that any week, if you have those RB2s that can produce as an RB1, they'll win you a week. His biggest thing that I like also is A.J. Brown. I'm a huge fan. I think A.J. Brown and Cooper Cup are quality guys to have as his top two uh wide receivers and Stefan Diggs really rounds out his team. Stephon Diggs has pretty much been on a quarter of the teams in our league. I've had him at one point. I traded – I don't even remember who I traded to get Stefan Diggs in my team. I think I traded Stapleton to get Stefan Diggs a couple years ago. Sent him over to John, and John sent him to Dan. So no one really keeps uh, me, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Oh, is that – is that yeah, what it was? was-
2: that was the beginning before last year. Before DJ Moore went off, you sent him. It was Diggs and Brunton for DJ Moore, and uh, I don't. I don't remember. Was it Darren Waller? Is that where I got Darren Waller from? I no. don't really. No, I wasn't I
1: I was betting big because I'm a big DJ Moore fan. I knew I was betting big on him.
2: Yeah, I I like DJ Moore. I thought he would break out, which he did, but. I just wasn't sure, you know, Diggs was a kind of more of a sure thing at the beginning of last year, so it's no, kind I get of you. hard to pass that one up, you know.
1: No, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I definitely agree with that. It's obviously with the way DJ finished off last year and him still being on my team, I'm happy about it. I forgot that Dan has Kelsey on his team, so that's another quality difference maker for him to have in the uh, yeah. tight end spot, unlike uh, J.C. or J. Scott, where he has Kittle and ho- Mahomes, I feel like Dan's team is way, way more complete. And that's why I think he's going to rise and J.C. will drop.
2: You know, fantasy football is just a lot of uh, about mental, uh, you know, messing with the minds of your opponents just as much as it is as, as putting in a stacked lineup, you know. I think <laughs> that's why he's doing that because if you pull up his team, you have to search the whole – <laughs> you got to scroll way down to see who he's got, and it's a real pain in the butt. So, yeah. I think just you know, he put two in the top, don't know why, but <laughs> I think he's just trying to get a middle advantage over this league in the off season. Maybe I don't know what he's doing. He definitely
0: made me forget about him. His team is, you know, really solid, and I think I like what he did with his receivers. His receivers kind of hurt him a little bit last year, but he has like a a whole slew of young guys that can really possibly break out either this year or next year, and that's that's yeah. what I like. This that's what it's kind of about and Dynasty. getting young guys that can kind of go go the long distance, whatever. Not just a year play, but like be you know have their whole career and kind of you know, kind of climb with the ladder pretty much with that. Yeah, AJ Brown, like his ceiling super high still. Uh JJ or White side. He's a pretty early pick in the in the draft, so. I mean, he mean, maybe he'll break out, too. They got injuries in the Eagles wide receiver lineup. and he Go can figure. The guy and kind of step in and do that. Cooper Cup, I'm not gonna even talk. Like, that dude, he handles his business when he's healthy.
1: Right. Yeah. Michael Dick. Pittman Jr. was a great pick by him in the rookie draft.
0: Yeah, I do remember that pick. Yeah, that's pretty solid right there. So he, he knows what he's doing. Uh, Like you said, he's probably just trying to play a little, I guess, uh, mind game with us and, like, mess us up trying to see his team.
1: You guys give him a lot of credit, I believe, Dan thinks he set his team and it'll be Wednesday night before the Texans play the chiefs and his brother, Mike or John will send him a message like, Hey, are you going to put your team together? He's like, what are you talking about? It is. And that'll be like the way all of a sudden he locks in on his team and remembers like, Oh yeah, I got to pay attention to fantasy football this year.
0: Well, if that was the case, hopefully, uh, Hopefully he stays fits. in his lane, doesn't leave Kelsey on the, uh, on the bench there. If he ever sets it, that might be a pretty solid team. I'm
2: not <laughs> saying anything,
1: Tom.
2: No. Nah. Yeah, we're all grown men. We know what we're doing here. You know, we, don't, we don't need our hands held.
1: Go ahead with your pick for who you think is going to make a jump this year, GH.
2: All right. and like I was telling you earlier, man, I'm going with RZ. He has been in the bottom of our league basically ever since we started this thing
1: belly and i when everything started belly you and i had a talk a couple times like does he know what's he's does he know what he's doing does
2: he did. See, have any idea what he's doing but he does i guess i don't know i don't know him personally uh, cause i i don't know scoots you're the only one i think in our league that i know personally that i've uh you know through the military and whatnot but all the other guys I, i've never met in person so
1: that's a good point that's wild to me and You're one of the most active people in the league doing trades, everything like that. So that whole myth that you can't do trades unless you're face to face with someone, you're living proof that it's, it's a farce.
2: Yeah. But yeah. So looking down at uh, RZ's team, he doesn't have the greatest team in the world, obviously, but like I said, this guy has been in the dumps ever since day one, it seems like, I don't know what, where it went wrong with him, but. If you're while you're scrolling down his team, he does have some fairly decent players. Uh, his bench is not the greatest, but you know Chubb and uh, even Duke Johnson as his in his starting back or uh, running back two slot, he, I think Duke Johnson is going to have a pretty decent role this year, uh, especially if David Johnson goes down. Yeah, so looking at his taxi squad, he's got DeAndre Swift, who I think is by far and away the best running back in Detroit, and I think. It, it, it might be like a Kamara situation when he came out, he wasn't picked highest or he was picked higher than Kamara was, but uh, it might take an injury too, for him to get really the, the workload that he deserves there in Detroit. Um, I, I think by halfway through the year, he's going to be in your starting lineup every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another under underestimated rookie this year, and I don't know why he's going under the radar is Jerry Judy. I know Cortland Sutton is there in Denver. He's, you know,
1: his other starting wide receiver.
2: Eh, yeah, he's good. He's a good talent. But Jerry Judy coming out of uh, Alabama, his route running ability, his separation ability, his catch rate ability—I mean, is off the charts—and and he just fell in a bad situation. And I think, like I said, by about halfway through the year, he could be in your starting lineup every single week as well. So he's got two potential every-week starters sitting there on his taxi squad. And, uh, you know, throw a couple more pieces in there, and I think he's got a fairly decent shot at making the playoffs as long as those guys stay healthy.
1: Even though Miami just traded for Lynn Bowden Jr., he's not going to do anything for Miami – pretty much for this year and the Dolphins living in Florida right now, the Dolphins have been talking like they found a diamond in the rough with Malcolm Perry. They love Malcolm Perry. Like they found their new slot receiver. They are, they're talking him up big time. So, I mean that when he made that pick, I remember I had to Google him cause I was like, I'm, I don't know my college players. Like I've told you that CB knows them. I had no idea who it was. So, when he picked him, I was shocked. I was like, someone someone had to have gotten into RZ's ear and told him to pick up Malcolm Perry, because I'd never heard of him. And, yeah, Miami's crazy about him, saying they got their slot receiver. They love him.
0: Yeah, I, I like his team. It's very much improved. Like, I'm, I can't talk trash, because as much trash as I talked on his team last year, like, he showed up whatever week he faced me, and, like, Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry had a field day, and he blew me out. Like I could not <laughs> compete. I was pretty irritated with that game because his, his team wasn't that good, but his players that didn't need to be good were they get that week. His whole team was good. Uh, yeah, he has, like, solid players overall. Uh, his running back, death could probably use a little work as receivers. are I like his receivers, honestly. Yeah. Tight end, I'm not crazy about. Flex, not my top. I'd probably throw Judy in there to see what happens over Cole Beasley, but you never know what happens. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm taking Cole Beasley out. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll just go nine, nine no, times in there. Maybe Bryce Love, just see what happens. Absolutely. He is a solid team. Not great, but it's a lot better than it was last year. Last year, just it looked like, I don't know, just a homeless man drafted the team or something. It was crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Washington football team have been talking up Bryce Love big time. They. It, it's another potential reason why they cut AP was Bryce Love. Ron Rivera can't sh- like can't stop talking enough about Bryce Love about how great he's been and how he has the makings of a three down back. I can't remember who was interviewed recently that said the Washington football team's offensive scheme is exactly like Stanford's. So Bryce Love fits that offense to the T. It's exactly what he ran back in Stanford. He's comfortable in it. He likes that offense and he's been looking terrific. I know in like I alluded to it earlier. I know everyone is buying big on Antonio Gibson this year, but it's tough during this off season. If people haven't been with their team for more than how long have they been in training camp now, five weeks, six weeks, something like that, for them to immediately come in and just assume that complete time. Bryce love wasn't with the team a lot last year because of his injury history, but I mean, I don't want to call him Frank Gore because that's being really hyperbolic, but Frank Gore early in his career was called a uh, injury-prone back, and now the NFL can't get rid of him. He, he lands on a team every season. And so, I mean, Bryce Love, if there's anyone that could all of a sudden pop up and put RZ's team over the edge, I feel like it would be Bryce Love.
0: That's exactly what needs a running back.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Bryce Love, like you said, he – he was that dude in college, like at Stanford, yeah. and like, he did everything. Uh, I think he's possible a Heisman candidate or something like that, yeah. too. he came in second. All. That knee injury really just kind of set him back, and I didn't
1: think it had him out as 9 his head, But
0: He appears to be, I guess, healthy now, so we'll see what
1: happens. I hope he is. Naheem Hines, I've been loving him as a sleeper in some of the big drafts I've done, just because with uh, Phil Rivers as the QB, you know he's going to get those targets. Uh, he's going to be out there getting those passing game or passing down situations. He's going to get some balls.
0: And the guy like, it's, that dude's, he's, I guess he's kind of an everything type receiver. He's a slot receiver in college, running back in college. And all it takes is him to get out and like sneak out in the flat on one play, catch a little yeah. job and go for big yards. Just do it multiple times, get the
1: PPR points. I think he has a nice upside, especially if Phillip Rivers in his little passing short end, I think he could kill it. Man, I'm just seeing – I totally forgot he had John Ross also. I, yeah, I don't know why Cole Beasley's in his flex. I put quite a few of the players on his roster. Yeah, you have.
0: John Ross, Jimmy Graham. I was just trying
1: to sell Jimmy Graham just because I felt like he was getting old. I didn't know this time would be up. So. He's another older guy that just – he's sticking in the NFL. Uh, how many years ago was it he said he would never play on another team outside of New Orleans because he didn't want to get away from Drew Brees and now he's gone on like team number six.
0: Yeah, we, we kind of made a decision for them. Uh, <laughs> I was deployed in the desert, uh, stuck in like some in – a, in a Jordanian little mouse-infested tower when they traded them, and I was so distraught. I was really <laughs> irritated.
1: <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. So getting into this last segment here, six teams usually make the playoffs. Uh, it starts at – what week is does it start at? Week 14. For our league, I should know. I'm the commish, but I can't think of it right now.
0: Sounds about right.
1: Pretty sure, yeah. It's week 14. Our playoffs start, and uh, uh, top two teams. Uh, we have a two division team. For anyone not able to check out the YouTube uh, videos, video bit we're putting up. The top two teams of each division, or I guess the top team of each division, gets a bye week, and then the bottom four duke it out in wild cards, and then it goes into the semifinals and the finals. And I don't know if you guys want to give all six teams you think will take it for the playoffs this year, or if you guys want to give just your your top two teams for the finals. But I'll I'll defer to you guys and let one of you all pick.
0: I'll I'll just pick top two for the finals right now. All right, one from each division. And I'm I'm gonna go with. It's a cool scoops, idea. Scoot's teams, just too stacks, too much depth. Like this will be a weird year where you need depth. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and pick Scoot's again. I like that pick. Uh, there's not really many. Many holes, if any, at all in this starting lineup. If you go to the bench, it's like another starting lineup. And the other guy in the playoffs I'll go with, I hate to toot my own horn. I'm going to go with my team. I feel like I'm kind of like Scoots. Uh, I've just been kind of building depth over the year, got A lot of the guys are starting to pan out now and kind of peak and reach their prime. So I like my team a lot. Uh, Four trade did not help that much as far as short term, maybe long term it will. I like my, my starting lineup. I like my, my depth on the bench. Uh, I try and, you know, keep as many guys as possible, maximize my roster. You never know who can be the next Alvin Kamara or the next big guy that no one's really talking about for the time being. Yep. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm Mr. Sleeper. I like to keep those sleepers right there just in case.
1: A lot of guys have worked out for your team, That those young guys that when they were drafted or just looked like they were going to go either way. They've really worked out for your team. Fournette, he gave you two years at least. That he was he was top tier for sure. And even with him having a semi down year, or now this year where it will take him a few weeks. Like I probably wouldn't start him for the for the first week of the season. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd find out, see how Tampa's is going to play him. Uh, even after he has a good week, kind of feel him out probably for the first couple. But it's not like you don't have the depth for it like you were alluding to. If you went running back, you have Cam Akers in your taxi squad. And in this league, people can take someone off the taxi squad and put them back in just as long as they were a drafted player and they're a rookie. That's all it counts for them to go in the taxi. So, I mean, you could play with Cam Akers all season, putting him on or taking them off. Damian Harris may work out for you. He uh, just broke his pinky, I think it was, but outside of that, yeah.
0: You know, my uh, lucky uh, my lucky trades is in the, the G H thing. I always have good trades with GH. <laughs>
1: it usually works out, yeah. I
0: have good trades of everyone else but G H. He always gets me somehow. Like but my team, my starting line was built off pretty decent trades for the most part. Uh I got uh Derrick Henry and DJ Sharp from Jonathan Scott for like a first round pick. I got Kenyon Drake, oh, I gave up uh Jordan Howard. No, I I gave up Jordan Howard and got Drake in a round two pick. So I I like that or whatever. That worked out for me. And there's a few others on there. I've mainly the built with just trading and just having decent drafts. And I talked to GH out of uh, drafting uh, Christian Kirk and Anthony Miller that one year. So that that worked out for me. I did some good good, good talking right there. I got him to draft someone else. I forgot who it was, but those are the guys I wanted, and I knew he's gonna finish drafting. I just I just kept talking in his ear, I guess, or something like um, that. I don't I don't remember it. Any, any, any it
1: was. They're probably not even in the league anymore. Probably not. <laughs> Even if you yeah. didn't go running back, and you benched Fournette for a little bit, you have plenty of depth. I mean, our
0: receivers—I I love our receiver. Depth. Your receivers I'm, I'm are crazy. Going in there. I'm thinking of uh, Hollywood Brown potentially, but we'll it, see.
1: It'd be him or Will Fuller for me for sure. Like, as long as Will Fuller's healthy, he's quality. And yeah, at I least for this, at least for this first week of the season, yeah. it appears he's healthy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I, it. It'd be a tough call for me between those two. And, I'm just
0: glad I had him in there last year for that 50-point game he had. I, if yeah. I if I'd had him on the bench, I would have spiked my phone like in the or something. I think I played – did I play you that week,
1: CB? And like, No, nah, I, I played uh, one of the log trio brothers. I think okay. it was John. Because I knew – so last year, even though I won the league, I'm pretty sure I went 0-6 to start the season. And it became – like after the third week, it just became comical because – I know I played you one week and I think the two of us scored close to 200 or over 200. And for any of those that are taking a look via YouTube on it for what the projected points are, Bell, and I are the top two projected teams at 124 and Bellu's projected. Where did I go past? you? 118. And you and I scored close to, or just over 200 points one week. And the rest of the league scored like 150, and I was so pissed. I was like, I can't buy a win. What is going on? <laughs> but that's just how fancy football is sometimes, and that's what I like. I agree with your pick. It, if it's not between you and I, if I was hard pressed and I had to pick someone else, oh man, that's tough. Let me let me really look it over, and I'll let I'll let Gh go because I'm gonna try and get fancy and not pick the same thing as everybody. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was looking at, too. I mean, I could see uh, – I could, you know, Chris has a really good team. Mo, um,
1: Vikings. All,
2: yeah, he's got a really good starting lineup. And then uh, – Steve Mo
0: and Whistles 3-7 are definitely uh, some sleepers right there. Contenders. Some teams – those were exactly what
1: I was thinking, too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so Chris was in the the championship last year. So he obviously, you know, wouldn't take much for him to get back there. Um, I like my team. I I still think I'm probably about a year away from really competing. Um, But it could absolutely happen this year. I mean, I've got – I'm about one running back short, I think, from having a fairly good starting lineup. I mean, I got Ronald Jones in there right now, which is decent.
1: Uh, Why is Sammy Watkins in your starting lineup?
2: Oh, I I put him in there a while ago. Week one, man. Week one, he's going to score like 36 points. Watch.
1: I mean, that is true. He is the week one champ.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really have – I mean, I have a couple rookies I might be able to throw in there. I've got CeeDee Lamb, Rager, Mims, Keyshawn Vaughn, which I thought would be a better draft pick than what it actually turns out it's probably going to be. Uh, and then I do have Antonio Gibson sitting there at the bottom, so I've got a pretty good taxi squad waiting to just be called up. You know, yeah. I'm just hoping and praying one or two of them pan out. That's all I really need—at least just two out of that that whole list.
1: Yeah, I mean that's very doable. It's very doable. But, Man, you're yeah, Hopkins and Beckham. If they work out with uh with their teams this year. You definitely have a quality team. I mean, Andrews was the tight end for last year, and he was only on the field for 46% of the Baltimore offensive snaps last year. So, Andrews, it, he's sustainable. Those points he put up last year, he's a great tight end for you to be starting with. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the name says it all. Edwards Hilaire should absolutely be an RB1. He's being drafted like it, he belongs there. Yeah, I'd be, I'd probably be playing the matchup game every week with, Ronald Jones, Antonio Gibson or really trying to trade for someone to be your to be your next RB. Yeah,
2: it's probably what's going to have to happen. I don't know, I don't know when it's I'm going to pull the trigger, but I don't know. I like to wait until guys start uh, proving what they can actually do and then you get more value out of them. I do yeah. know, obviously like trading in the off season too. It's just it's just harder to pull the trigger in
1: that, you know, in the off season. It's tough to look because This is such a different kind of year that I really believe depth is key. And Bellew hit on it best where I hate to toot our own horns, but I feel like he and I have the two far and away best teams. We were going into his depth big time, but I think with my team having Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Raheem Mostert as my top five running backs, I feel comfortable with them. Devante Adams, Mike Thomas, DJ Moore, Juju, and Terry McLaurin as my top wide receivers. I feel completely safe there that the rest of the team just has to do something to pull its weight. And I feel comfortable every week that my team can do something. Um, and then CB's team, he absolutely has the depth to survive until Tampa Bay remembers that Leonard Fournette is, I'm sorry, GH, but Fournette is, way more talented than Ronald Jones or Kashawn Vaughn, that he should be the starter once he learns that playbook. And, you know, Brady's in his ear getting him to learn that playbook, at least to be able to protect him so that he can get on the field. Yeah, uh, I'm just
0: waiting for uh, Tom Brady to like, I don't know, for Ronald
1: Jones to miss a block and Tom Brady be like, that's
0: it. Get Leonard in here right now. For it.
1: Yeah. So, But if it wasn't for the two of us, we really hit on the teams that I like the most is like that next step. Spencer with whistles 37. He has, I honestly do like his team a lot. If Russell Wilson, I've hit on it where we've talked before that he's arguably the best quarterback in the league. Dalvin cook is a top four, top five, running back in the league. Melvin Gordon. It's weird. Him going to Denver bumped down his value a lot and It shouldn't. He's still way more talented than Philip Lindsay and should be treated as such. Singletary, even though they have Zach Moss, and I love Zach Moss, Singletary's still their starter and still was putting up great points and was one of the most elusive running backs last year. Lockett, at week 10, was the wide receiver 4-5. or Parker blew up in the second half of last year. I don't like Brandon Cooks, but he makes up for it with Darren Waller as a starting tight end. I mean, he's got a quality team. The only thing I don't like about Spencer's team is that he doesn't have a bench or a taxi squad. Really? They Buffalo loves Gabriel Davis, but that can't be your only guy in a season like this to be ready to call up. I really like Dan's team. I hit on it earlier. I really like RZ's team. And even though
2: Dan's team would probably be my second in the bottom, in the bottom
1: there. And then even, uh, vikings i like his team a lot and john Teshlog. if if things land the right way he's got a crazy good team he has a way better team than jonathan scott and even though those two go against each other all the time and like to say who's the better john i mean john Teshlog. his team is crazy good with mixon and sanders as your top two running backs and then deontay johnson keenan allen mike evans as your top uh, wide receivers he he should be in the mix as well.
0: He's got some solid tight ends on that team, like even on his bench. He's got uh, Evan Ingram, uh, Gronk. I don't know if Gronk could be over. Yeah, that's or, right. He's decent to have on your bench at least. And uh, whoever has started Jared Cook up there. So he has some guys that you know he could possibly start in the flex or even you know trade to improve his depth or, I don't know, start or something like
1: that. Yeah. If Roethlisberger comes back and is a sh- even just a, a semi-form of Roethlisberger – he's good to go for the season too, like with his top two QBs. He's absolutely top, good to go. But I think we've really hit some great points on who we think will be coming down a notch, bumping up and ready to compete with Bell, you and I, even though we won't have a worst for first with GH, we still have some guys that will all compete. And then I think we really covered who we would, uh, who we could be going against in the playoffs. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think we did a pretty good job.
0: I got to touch on Mohan's team again. If I feel like if we don't talk about his team, his team will be good. So you got to talk about a little bit and just put more on him to do good. He is a pretty solid team overall. Decent depth. Uh, he's not lacking in the quarterback position by any means. But everyone, you know, everyone's startable right there. on his, you know, his uh, starting lineup is decent right there. Uh, I don't think he has, like, that many bad holes or whatever. He could, he could definitely put some wins together throughout the year.
1: Not for sure. He – he has QBs for days, but he does – I mean, at the end of the day, he has Zeke and Ingram as his top two running backs. Ridley, Emmanuel Sanders, Sterling Shepard as his wide receivers. A little tough there. He's going to have to hope for a healthy season from T.Y. Hilton. He's going to want to hope that Matt Breida does something for Miami or Chris Thompson does something for Jacksonville. Who else has he got down here? Debo Samuel, whenever he comes back healthy, will obviously go up to his starting, uh, to his starting lineup. And then who's he got down here on the taxi squad? Uh, Justin Jefferson. That's who I was forgetting. Once he starts putting something together for Minnesota, he he'd be a quality wide receiver form as well. And then if he ever decides to trade one of his wide res- or his uh, his QBs, he'll be good to go with trying to fill out his team a little bit more.
2: Yeah, is there anybody we haven't talked about? I mean, we came into this basically saying, all right, we're not going to talk crap about Mohan for the entire hour. And there it is. That was the, that was <laughs> the first time we mentioned the guy.
1: I, I went out of my way not to talk about him.
2: Yeah, I think we all did. Right. His, his uh, ridiculous back-to-back quarterback picks in the uh, rookie draft this year. I, think that... I was right behind him. I was happy as <laughs> all get-out that he took quarter- two quarterbacks. Did we hit on everybody?
1: It looks like it, yeah. I think
0: so. I, yeah. like, I, I'm not gonna talk trash, so When I talk trash about people. They they have a good week against me
2: because of the RZ thing. So I'm with
1: you on that. But yeah. so I'm a trash talking. I'll talk trash after it's happened.
2: <laughs> that's true. All right. So real quick before we get off here, so what's the worst? Uh, what's the worst trade you guys have seen in our league so far? Because we've had some really bad ones.
0: The worst, uh, it's, I'll <laughs> That's my boy Jonathan Scott. The uh, the first <laughs> round pick for uh, Keelan Cole a couple of years back. Oh, I don't you know. speeds up. Yeah, I was, When they did it, I think Scoot showed me the trade before he accepted it. He's like, is there something I don't know or something like that? It's like, hey, you know as much as me. I don't know what's going on. He accepted it, and it worked out in Scoot's favor big time. I it's thought, like, Jonathan had, like, just seen something crazy on Twitter or something and just had to have him or whatever. That, wow.
1: There was one preseason that, yeah, or, like, beginning of the season. I got a first for Keelan Cole, and then – um. I can't even remember the running back's name that he was with the Raiders. He had an amazing, amazing preseason. Went on the IR, came back the next year and was uh, had gained weight and couldn't make the team. And he's not even in the league anymore. I can't remember his name. And he was just he looked like walking muscle milk when he was on the field that first year. And I got a second round pick from from JC for him too.
0: Wow. I forgot his name, too. I know what you're talking about. That that's just kind of says how much that we don't even know his name.
1: Yeah, and both of those trades, anytime I get an offer like that, which is rare, especially these days, now that my team is where it's at, I don't get those offers anymore. Yeah. But right. whenever I do get those, yeah, immediately I'm, like, looking on Twitter, like, what is going on that I don't know? Or I message you, or I remember I messaged Spencer, and I asked him the same thing. I was like, is this – is there something going on that I'm not aware of Did the rest of the team get hurt and he's all they got now. And yeah, it was the same deal. He said, he's like, I don't know, man, I would take that in a heartbeat and run.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I I would hit that button faster than (laughs) my, you know, I'd hit it 15 times if I could. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I can't think of anything atrocious outside of those two. And I try to go out of my way to not be known as that guy with the trades. But everyone has their opinion of trades regardless where they think uh, this guy's taking it, taking him to the cleaner or nope, it's actually this guy getting taken to the cleaner. But I try to make it even or at least talk to it. And that's why, like, even when I've sent you trades, GH, I've tried to talk it over on what I'm thinking. But yeah, those were two that when I, they came my way, I was happy to accept. <laughs> what about you, GH? What have you? What, what comes to mind when you think a bad one?
2: Oh, in this league, I, I've I've had some really bad ones myself personally. I mean, like I said earlier, I traded Kamara for uh, um, McKinnon and something else, and then I gave away a first round pick in that trade. I mean, I got a. Uh, it was I think it was pretty even at the time, but I think everybody that I got in that trade got injured, and I've never been able to use them. I think that might have been the AJ Green trade as well. I can't remember. But it was, yeah, it might have been AJ Green too. CB last year, he he wanted uh, uh, Rashad Penny. What did you give me a first round pick? I think for Rashad Penny, guys,
0: uh, I gave you a round one pick for Penny and Herndon. So I'm still holding out hope with those. Right, that's kind First that. round pick. So maybe once he gets fully healthy, he'll find a role somewhere in that team or another team. I don't know. It looked he like he was working out. out
1: for CB for a while with Penny coming along.
0: Yeah, because he he yeah, was actually well, starting to kind of like yeah, take my, the road away are, from Chris well, Carson there. That's that's the reason I got him from you. I was trying to get him for his price got too high, so I'm holding out hope on that. Yeah, I think you but, will.
2: I was, yeah, in I defense of that, for years with Penny thinking, open and praying, open and praying that this is finally the time they let loose on Penny, and man, he just he just didn't happen. And uh, I didn't. That's definitely not the worst trade I've ever seen, but. That, that's one of the most recent ones that I can remember.
0: It's, it's hurting a little bit right now. I'm just trying to heal it up real quick. In, in defense of that, I did got get Austin Hooper from you for I like peanuts. I've got exactly what I gave you, but it was for peanuts or whatever. I got them really cheap because no one like really thought about that, it. So.
1: That's it. It was a defense. Yeah, it was a Jets defense Hooper and for... some running back. It was back, like I the
2: think. Jets. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. I don't. I don't remember <laughs> but that But
2: at the time. At Hooper wasn't doing anything.
1: Yeah, it's true.
2: That was in the that was before uh, the year started last year. And Hooper, you know, he he was – you could flex – or, you know, you could put him in there on bye weeks and stuff or if your normal guy was out. But he was definitely not a top three like he was in the beginning of last year. So.
0: Yeah, he, he just flashed every now and then. And I, I was just kind of watching his coaches, seeing Coach Tennessee. And that's when I was like, I got to get this guy real quick. I'm going to get him for cheap too because – GH uh, probably hates him right now, but I'm gonna see if I can get him and see what he says. Whatever, finally accepted a trade with him. It took me a while to get him from you, actually. now I think
1: that's awesome. That that's where uh, your knowledge of college players has really come in and helped you out for sure.
0: Yeah, just kind of knowing his tendencies.
1: I remember I traded Chris Hogan and something else to Stapleton for. Stefan Diggs and everyone was torching Stapleton for doing that trade with me. I was like, nah, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And then Hogan got hurt and was out the rest of the year and then never stayed on the team after that. And I was like, don't worry about it. Just move on.
0: <laughs> that's, that's, you gotta kind of look at guys age and like their regression. If are starting to regress a little bit, is he going to get back to being a good player or whatnot? Because eventually guys are going to fall off, whether it's pre-30s, 30s, or after-30s. And
1: Hogan kind of started
0: falling off after that.
1: Nah, for sure. Uh, appreciate y'all doing this again. This was fun. All right, no problem. Fantasy Football Frequency, like, subscribe, listen. See you. See you.
2: All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Before we go, we got to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors, and that's the Anchor app. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and that's why we use it. Let me explain. It's free, totally free. There's creation tools that allow you to record right from your phone or computer. This has made our creation process super, super easy. Anchor will also distribute the podcast for you. This helps your podcast be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. They help you make money from your podcast right away. This has been everything we've needed to make our podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. See ya.